What a joy it is here to be in the Lord's house. We're in for a treat. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, we had the great joy of hosting uh, Donna Lott at our ladies' brunch, and it was just outstanding. God blessed in some tremendous, tremendous ways. Uh, Don and Donna are both here with us today. Uh, they, D Donna loves to speak at all kinds of different events, bringing uh, stories from her own experience in life, and how God is just blessed in so many ways. Uh, I will share with you, I asked Don earlier, um, she does have a book, a very, very intriguing book. It's a, a six-week devotional book, and it's available in, out in our foyer. It's called Holding to the Unseen Hand, Secrets Revealed in the Shadows of Life. And I think you'll be blessed by that, so go by and take a look at that. Right now, join me in welcoming Donna Lott. Donna, welcome to Ebenezer. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I'm not here every Mother's Day, but I want to say if I'm here next Mother's Day, maybe the team that had to draw the waterfall, maybe I could be a sub-in for your team, right? <laughs> from what I heard, I think you had a really good time. And I want to say from the video that, uh, that you showed earlier, I would guess at least one person in this room may be getting deodorant for Mother's Day right? <laughs> that was a great video. Children are just great. Children are truly a gift from the Lord, and um, I just had such a good time being here yesterday with all the women for the women's brunch. We had a blast, I just have to say that, and for those of you who were here yesterday, you know that my mind often goes to the funny place, and today is no exception to that, and so as um, you were talking about moms and moms getting kids ready for church um, every day, Sunday, or dear, I was reminded of this that happened when our boys were little. We have three sons all grown now, but when my boys were little, when the younger two were preschoolers, probably about three and four or so, I was the youth ministry director for the church that we were attending at that time. And so what that meant was that I had a lot of responsibilities on Sunday morning. And so that meant that I would go down to the church building earlier than Don and our three sons. And so I thought I did a really good thing because I would leave the clothes laid out for our boys. And Don's responsibility was to help them get dressed. And, and you see how great Don is, right? Don is a great guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> he is a great guy. So one Sunday I had left the kids' clothes laid out. And Benjamin is our middle son. He was older, about four years old. Stephen, three years old at this time. And so I'd left their clothes laid out. And as was common fashion, I would, um, once the boys were at school and once Sunday school and once they were in their classes, I would go in to take a look at them, tell them good morning and that sort of thing. And so on this one particular Sunday morning when I went into Stephen's classroom, he's the younger one, I saw that he was working to hold his pants up because his pants were falling off. Evidently, he had on pants that were about two sizes too large. And then to my horror, I thought, oh my goodness, now I have to go check on Benjamin to see what Benjamin might be wearing. And I, when I went to Benjamin's classroom, who is the older and the larger of the two, there he was with a serious wedgie going on. <laughs> Don had reversed their outfits for the day, and so the younger one was trying to hold his clothes on, and the other one was trying to forget he had a wedgie. So there you go. <laughs> My mind often goes to the funny place, and so when Anita asked me to come share with you on Mother's Day, that was no exception. I started thinking right away about this story, so if you will just indulge me. There was a mom who went into her son's um, room one Sunday morning to wake him up to go to church. 
She burst into his room. She flipped the light on. She jerked the covers off that boy, and she said, Listen, you need to get up out of bed because you're going to church with me today. And he pulled the covers back up, and he whined. He said, I don't want to go to church today. And she said, I said you were going to church today. She jerked the covers off him, and she said, I don't want you to get up out of that bed, and I want you to get ready to go to church right this minute. And he said, but, Mom, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to that church. The music is too loud. The people there don't like me. And he said, and besides that, the sermons are boring. And the mom looked at him, and she said, I said you're going to go to church with me today. And he said, I want you to just give me three good reasons why I should go to church with you. And to that, she said, okay, number one, because I'm your mom and I said so. Number two, because you're 40 years old. (laughs) And number three, because you're the pastor. (laughs) I love to laugh, and I love to be in a church on Sunday mornings that loves to laugh. I think... Jesus held out his arms in a really big way to children, and I think he smiled, and I think he invited them to run to him, and I think that is the same invitation he has for us today. He's looking down at us, smiling at us, and his invitation is for us as his children to come running into his arms. Motherhood is a messy business, isn't it? I mean, I think we could all attest to that. My children are all grown now, but when Ben and Stephen were younger. They shared a room. Again, they were about three and four years old or four and five years old. And I had gone in their room one Saturday morning. I stubbed my toe against something. Then I stepped on a little army man. And then I walked across a floor of Legos and other toys. And when that happened, I thought, I'm going to move these toys out of this room. I have a brilliant idea. I'm going to set up a playroom for these boys in the basement. They will love it, and I, want, I won't hurt my feet when I walk across their room, and so when I walk across the floor. And so that's what I did. I spent the day taking things downstairs to the basement, and, you know, at the end of the day, I was really happy with um, what I had done. I thought it was just a great organized playroom for these boys. I had no idea the impact it was having on my youngest son, Stephen, until that night when I went in to give him a hug and to tell him good night. and Ben was just fine. He was ready to go on to sleep. But Stephen, I saw, lying there on his pillow, and his head was about this far off the bed. Off The, bed. the pillow was about that high off the bed. And so I thought, what in the world has he stuffed in his pillowcase? And so I pulled the pillow out from under his head, and there came a stuffed animal out, and then there came a Tonka truck, and I thought, well, there's something else in this pillowcase. And so I turned it upside down, I shook it, I heard a thud at my feet, and that's when I heard Stephen say, Mom, at least let me keep my Bible. (laughs) He thought I had totally taken the Word of God from him, I guess, and so I had no idea how it was affecting him, but, you know, being a mom can be quite messy business. I think you could attest to that, too, if you're a mother. In fact, life in general can be a messy business. Anybody here? Yeah, we get uh, surrounded by messy situations and those kinds of things. And sometimes it feels like life from beginning to end is just one mess after another, right? I mean, we've got messy diapers. We've got messy homework assignments. We've got messy rooms. We've got messy choices and messy mistakes, right? So all of life seems like it's filled with messes of one kind or another. But I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking, you know, if it wasn't for the messy things of life, we might miss out altogether on the opposite end of the spectrum. We might miss out altogether on the marvelous and the majestic things of life. 
You see, because I think when the messy things show up in our lives, it highlights all the more the greatness of the marvelous, the greatness of the majestic, right? I mean, for me, dealing with vision loss, um, darkness has certainly made me appreciate light, right? And so in the same way, the messy things of life help us appreciate the marvelous and the majestic things all the more. Motherhood is messy. Life is messy in general. But life is also filled, and so is motherhood, with the marvelous and with the majestic. Sometimes I think when we look back at the end of the day as mothers, we see the messy and the messy only. But when we really look back over a day, we can see the marvelous and the majestic as well. Think where our life might be if it weren't for the messy things of life. I mean, if it weren't for messy diapers, we might totally miss out on the smiling face of a three-month-old baby girl on a changing table who's grinning up with us with the most gorgeous, toothless smile ever. Or if it weren't for those messy homework assignments, we might miss out on a little girl running home from school, emptying out the contents of her backpack and telling us about the latest drama on the playground. If it wasn't for messy rooms and for boys who toss and throw their stuff around like crazy, we might miss out on that same middle school boy walking up behind us at the kitchen sink, throwing his arms around us with the best sun hug ever. If it wasn't for messy choices, we might totally miss out on a prodigal son or daughter returning home making the very best choice of it all. And that is the choice to choose Jesus. The choice to follow Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if it wasn't for messy mistakes, we might totally miss out on a young adult who has experienced a life change redemption, reconciliation, renewal, regeneration, and then relaunched out onto the mission field. Life is messy. Motherhood can be messy. But if it weren't for the messy, I really don't think we would appreciate the marvelous and the majestic nearly as much. Jesus knew a thing about this messy life, didn't he? He left the glory of heaven. He came to earth. He was born in a messy stable. He was laid in a messy manger. He walked down dusty roads through a messy world. He did that for us. He did it for you and he did it for me. And without that walk of Jesus through life, we would totally miss out on the marvelous and the majestic truth that Jesus is risen, that he's alive, that he is seated at the right hand of God. How much more marvelous and majestic is it than to know that Jesus took on the messes of this world for us, for you and for me, that we might know redemption, forgiveness, reconciliation to God. He did that that we might know the peace of God and that we might have peace with God. Jesus knows a thing or two about our messy lives. God the Father knows a thing or two about our messy lives. I love when we read in Scripture about who we are in Christ, and we're always described as children of God. All of us in this room, when you read Scripture and we read about God's people, we are his children. He is our Heavenly Father. 
He knows the messes that you are going through in your life right now. He knows the messes that I'm going through in my life right now. But he cuts into that with such marvelous truth and with the majesty of his presence. I think that is just an incredible picture of who God is. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3, Isaiah writes there, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, your Savior. The one who created you, the one who fashioned you, is saying, don't be afraid. The waters, yeah, they're going to they're gonna rise sometimes, but I'll be with you. The rivers, yeah, they're going to flow, and it's going to be fast sometimes, but they're not going to sweep over you. The fire, yeah, it's going to get pretty hot and pretty heated at times, but the fire will not burn you. The flames will not set you ablaze, not because of who we are, because we are frail children, but because of who God is. He is the Lord our God, and he is mighty to save. So that is who God is. He was willing to step into the messiness through Jesus, but he's also willing to walk into the messiness with us day in and day out. That verse from Isaiah says, I am with you. When you go through this, 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 and this, whatever the this is, I will be with you. I am with you. That is a promise from God. You've heard it said before, and I've heard it said before, that if God takes you to it, he'll take you through it. And I found that to be true, whether it's blindness, whether it's parenting, whether it is difficulty with caregiving for an aging parent, whether it is a difficulty at work, whether it is whatever the difficulty is, God's promise is that he will be with us, that he will walk through it with us. And that if he takes us to it, he will for sure carry us through it. When our boys were younger, I'm not going to lie to you. I have to be honest with you. Um, those teen years were pretty difficult. Is anybody walking through those teen years? And looking back, God bless my mom and God rest her soul. She had five children under the age of eight at the same time. So you can imagine as we aged up into the teen years, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Teen years are difficult. They always have been. I don't I hope they won't always be, but they can be. But I want to say when my boys um, were younger, I said to Don, my husband, I said, you know what? I asked for the epidural way too soon. <laughs> I should have waited until the first son hit middle school, and I should have kept it running as a slow drip all the way through until the last one graduated college, for sure. Now, I have some of the best sons on earth right now, so I have to tell you that, but those teen years were hard. And what I realize now, what blindness has taught me, what the messiness of motherhood and the messiness of life have taught me is that God can take a mess and he can give you a message. God can take the madness around you and he can weave meaning into it. And God can take the mistakes you've made and he can use you on the mission field. And what I have learned from sitting at the feet of Jesus, I shared with the women at the brunch yesterday that blindness is a thing that quieted me before the Lord in a very real way. I was running at breakneck speeds as a woman in her mid-20s until blindness came into my life and I was quieted in a major way. And that's when I really learned the importance of sitting at the feet of Jesus 
that's when I learned the importance of spending time in his word and of spending time in his presence. And I told the women yesterday that blindness is the thing that propelled me into the word of God and into the presence of the Lord. And so when I joke about needing a slow drip epidural, really God gave me the most valuable thing ever in quieting my life in a way that I would enjoy a slow drip of the divine kind, a slow drip of the heavenly kind. And I want to say to you, there is nothing that compares to spending time in the presence of the Lord. There is nothing that compares to spending time in the word of God. There is nothing that compares with spending time in praise and worship. There is nothing that compares with spending time with Christian friends and with people who can encourage you in the word and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. There is nothing that compares to a slow drip of that kind. And so as I was thinking about Mother's Day and as I was thinking about Jesus and I was thinking about Jesus being on the cross and I was thinking about him taking all of the messes of all of mankind for all time, when he walked up that road to Calvary, he was carrying all of that on his shoulders for mm -hmm. you and for me so that we might have a way to the Father, so that we might have a way to eternal life. And as I was thinking about Jesus on the cross, I was remembering who he remembered when he was hanging on the cross. Two of the people specifically mentioned, one is his mother and the other is his friend John. Jesus is looking at his mom at the foot of the cross, and don't you know she had gone through some painful things along the way, was seeing her son mistreated in the way he was, was seeing him walk a faithful and obedient life, but yet see him beaten, not even for his own mistakes and sins, but for ours. She's standing at the foot of the cross. Jesus' friend John is there. And Jesus looked to his friend John and basically said, will you take care of my mom? I'm not going to be here much longer. Will you take care of my mom? And so as I think about what Jesus gave us, his instructions that day to John, I think about us today. I think about the moms in our lives. And I think we can pull from Jesus' playbook there. And we can understand that not only was he asking John to personally take care of his mom, but he was saying to us today, will you take care of the moms around you? Will you take care of the moms in your life? Will you take care of the others around you? Will you be there as the hands and feet of Jesus? My mom has gone on to heaven now, and the last words that I spoke to her were, you know, involved telling her that I loved her and that I knew that um, this was not the end because I would see her on the other side. And I know that it's true because she had a personal relationship with Jesus. But for the last 10 years of her life, we took care of her, my husband and I, my siblings, and um, we rotated into her house taking care of her. And so when I say to you, I'm saying also to myself that it's time to take care of the mothers around us. It's time to show them honor and respect. And I will say this about my mom. I, I did the best I could to take care of my mom. But if I had to tell you there is a regret, I would say that my mom loved having her feet soaked in a, in a little pan of water. 
And a lot of nights after I stayed with her overnight, Don would be rushing off to work, I would be rushing back home to do things I had to do, and if I had it to do over again, I would try my best to soak those feet every day if I could. And so let's be a people who goes about washing the feet figuratively of the people around us. Sometimes it may be a literal, but at least figuratively, let's do that. And so today our challenge is to love the mothers around us, love them really well. And mothers, your challenge is to love yourself really well. Take some time for yourself. Recognize that your failures and flaws are not fatal when you drop them at the foot of the cross. Our failures and flaws are not fatal when we drop them at the foot of the cross. There is the marvelous and the majestic of a redeemed and forgiven life waiting for us after we just pray and ask for it. So moms, I want to wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day today. And I want to invite you to enjoy the blessing of a slow drip of the best kind. Enjoy today the rich blessings of a slow drip of Jesus. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Donna. So very, very precious. I'm so thankful for mothers. I'm thankful for all that mothers have taught us. They are teachers. Our earliest lessons we learned on the lab but there might be some things that uh, your mother taught you that nobody else could really explain just quite the way she did. Maybe you're like me and your mother taught you about time travel. Said, if you say that word again, I'm gonna slap you into next Tuesday. <laughs> your mom did that. Mom taught me about logic. Because I said so, that's why. Absolute, made perfect sense. Mom taught me about religion, about faith. After I spilled some grape juice on the carpet, she says, you better pray that that comes out of that carpet before your daddy gets here. She taught me about irony. Irony, yeah. You keep on crying, I'll give you something to cry about. She, she taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until the last of those Brussels sprouts are gone. She taught me about Thanksgiving. She said, son, there are so many people in this world, children in this world, that don't have wonderful women like I am. You need to be thankful. <laughs> A dear sweet mother sent this to me. May I read it to you? She said, I, if I live in a house of spotless beauty and everything is in its place, but have not love, I am a housekeeper, but not a homemaker. If I have time for waxing and polishing and decorative achievements, but have not love. My children learn cleanliness, but not godliness. Love leaves the dust in search of the child's laugh. Love smiles at the tiny fingerprints on the glass that you just cleaned. Love wipes away the tears before it wipes away the spills. Love picks up the child before you picks up the toys. Love is present through the trials. Love reprimands. Love reproves, but love is responsive. Love crawls with the baby, walks with the toddler, runs with the child, and then stands aside as they move from youth into adulthood. Love is the key that opens the hearts of children to salvation. 
Before I became a mother, I took glory in my house of perfection. Now I glory in God's perfection in my child. As a mother, there is much I have to teach my children, but the greatest of these is love. Thank you, Mom, for teaching us so much about the love of Christ. The mother figure in my life that was so precious to me was actually an aunt, the sister to my mom, and she embodied the love of Christ and talked about Jesus all the time. And she's the one that first began to open the door of my heart to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Moms, thank you for pouring Jesus into the lives of your children. We honor you today and ask you, if you will, just to pray with me. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. And thank you for gift, the gift of mothers. Not a one of us would be here. We owe our lives to our mothers. And these moms have impacted us in tremendous ways. They haven't always been perfect. Sometimes they haven't even been nice. <laughs> but we thank you that they have been the givers of life. And Lord, we want to pray, thanking you for those moms who are in heaven. Those, Lord, that are with you. We let them know that we honor them and love them and remember them even today. We thank you for the moms that can't be out and about the way they used to. Because they're in nursing homes or they're at home or we have to come over and care for them. They changed our clothes when we were little, and now we're changing theirs. We pray for those moms, Lord. We pray for the moms that are still in the trenches, whether they're dealing with a young one or a 40-year-old, that are still being moms. We thank you for them. We thank you for some of these beginner moms that we saw today, whose children are so little. These moms who look out and face years ahead with more than a little bit of fear. May we honor each and every one of them today as the gift that you give us. Thank you for moms. And thank you that we can come together as a body of Christ to worship you, to love you, to hear a wonderful encouragement that we can put all of our trust to you. And now we ask that you would bless us today, that we can be a blessing to those around us. We ask in Christ's name, amen.